You are listening to Big Trouble in Little Podcast. And here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. peeps and welcome to episode 81 of big trouble in little podcast i am joe dubs hey and i'm andy i'm zach and we are the nwo oh no i'm kidding um no <laughs> who would be hulk hogan i think andy would be hulk hogan cool why would he be hulk hogan he was the fucking leader he doesn't lead this shit that'd be you <laughs> but i i want to be scott hall <laughs> Why do you want to be Scott Hall? You want to be drunk for like three quarters of your run? I am drinking beer. What? <laughs> anyway. Andy's Virgil, okay? Virgil, oh God. <laughs> no stick- more wrestling, no more wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to listen to wrestling, make sure you you know listen to Getting Some Color, which we did a mock draft, by the way, of SmackDown and Raw. But I digress. Um, We are going to be doing Night of the Comet. But before we get to that, I kind of want to do some house cleaning or whatever, how they fucking say it in podcast land. Uh, housekeeping, not cleaning, keeping. You're so unfamiliar with both activities that you don't even know what they're called, you slob. <laughs> but uh, if you haven't noticed, me and Andy haven't been doing Escape from Side Quest. And uh, mainly because me and Andy watch more movies than gaming. Since Zach plays more games, I mean, we all game, but some game more than others. Yeah, I don't want to give the impression that I don't play games at all. I just, you know, I don't do it like hardcore. I'm not picking up every Call of Duty when it comes out or, or anything like that. I just, I just like games, but most of them are old. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do what we did, I believe, in the beginning of Big Trouble, where we did kind of do movies and gaming at the same time. But then it, it, it evolved so many times into, like, different types of movies. Uh, we're going to make it so that we could talk any, literally about anything besides wrestling, since we have our own wrestling uh, podcast. Uh, but, you That's know, right. when we talk about, you know, games or whatever fucking book or comic book uh, we want to bring up, we'll, we'll have segments that get modded into this podcast. So, and if you think this is a good idea, let us know. And if you hate it, let us know. And maybe you can help shape our destiny. Yes. But uh, on that note, Andy, Zach, what the hell have you been doing gaming or movie-wise? Um, I watched Devil's Backbone again. I, so I, already, I. I already talked about it on the show, so I won't say too much about it. And uh, this is actually what I wanted to talk about. Um, watched Night of the Comet, of course, and it was on Tubi, Tubi TV or whatever, mm-hmm. but they have an app on Amazon Fire Stick, so I was doing that, and I'd seen the movie before, so I was really paying attention to it because I love this movie, but I was also, like, running cables and trying to get my Saturn hooked up and doing some Dreamcast shit and stuff like that, 
And uh, when it finished, I just let the credits play, and then the Tubi app just like kicks over to another movie, and I didn't realize it. And it played like a 1998 Hong Kong action movie called Contract Killer. Mm-hmm. That hurt. I was like, "What the fuck is this dumb shit?" But then I saw Jet Li, and I was like, oh, "Okay, hang on. Well, I'll give this movie a shot, I guess." But it's like the really shitty dub. Like a couple of the voice actors I recognize from anime, and they, I, I'm sure that they replaced some of the soundtrack with like this really terrible gangster rap. But the fights and the stunt work in it was like really good. The plot was like okay and the acting was fine, but the voice acting was like laughable. But there's oh the fights are awesome. There's like a fight in an elevator shaft that is just fantastic. And there's a bunch of really cool scenes and like it just kind of came on and I was like, I'll I'll just I'll I'll change it in a minute after I'm done doing whatever I'm doing. And then got like sucked right into the movie. It was actually really good. Like it's not like a five out of five brilliant movie or anything. It was actually kind of bad in a lot of ways, but it is so entertaining. So it's free. I highly recommend it. If anyone wants to watch a poorly dubbed Jet Li Hong Kong action movie, uh Contract Killer or Tubi. It's uh it's a great time. Uh something I want to bring up, uh Night of the Comic on Tubi didn't have any commercials. I don't know if you guys got any commercials. I didn't. No, I, got, I got like three commercial breaks. I didn't. I got it all straight through. That was weird. That is weird. I got I got one in the beginning, and that was it. There were no breaks after the movie started. How did you guys watch it? Uh, on Tubi. No, I mean like on web browser, or did you download Matt for a smart TV, your Fire, or Roku? web browser on the computer? Yeah, same. When I watched it on the computer, I only had like one. I had one commercial break, but it was like kind of long. But when I watched it on the fire thing, there were like three commercial breaks, but they're all super short. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Zach, what about you? What have you been gaming and what have you been uh, watching? I've been watching stuff, gaming. Uh, I watched uh, Devil's Backbone, like Andy was saying. We, we all kind of hanged out and we do like a movie roulette thing, so to speak, usually sometimes. And that came up, and uh, it was, I don't know, meh. I'm real middle of the road about that movie. If I never saw it again, I'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, you guys have talked about it before or something. Well, I, I saw it, so every time we see a movie, I kind of give a rundown of, oh, this is this was good, this was bad. See it, don't, I don't care, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does not get a recommend for me. Um. See, watch Night of the Comet. We're gonna talk about that. Mm-hmm. Watch wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. got to do that. And gaming. I've been uh, right now. I just started up playing Parasite Eve two on PlayStation. Fuck yeah! Oh, wait, have... you just played a fuck ton of Rainbow Six. What's wrong with me? That's <laughs> yeah. We've been playing that online lately. I got that on on the PS4 Dizzle, so maybe. I just don't have a headset for that shit. I need a headset in order to talk in that game. Just get a cheap one. Just get one of those fucking $20 ones or something. <laughs> true, true. You can plug a uh, uh, most um, cell phone headsets up to the controller, too. Hmm. So you might have one lying around. You just don't realize it. Probably. Yeah. I'll, I'll check that out. Anything else, Zach, or is that just it? Um. No, I'm kind of playing Parasite Eve right now because it's like, it's sort of a horror game, I think. Mm -hmm. I always thought Parasite Eve kind of had strong horror themes. But 
it's cool playing it again because I, I didn't play I have not played that game since it was new in 2000 I rented it from the blockbuster I never owned it and like playing it again is like wow it's, it's actually a pretty impressive game it kind of really pushes the PS1 um Pirate Eve is probably one of my favorite franchises it, it, the first one I believe came out during the time of Final Fantasy 7 and um Resident Evil Two. Two. Yeah. Yeah. It was at like it was like that same year, I think. Badass. I I love playing it, especially uh, recently. I've been going back and playing Parasite Eve One. Uh, I haven't done it lately. When we were doing the Resident Evil series, that 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 was the time where I was playing it. I might have asked this on the show before, but have either of you played Third Birthday? I... Nope. I was kind of. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That was the PSP game, right? Yeah, it's like the yeah. spiritual sequel, kind of, I think. Mm-hmm. I've always just wondered how much it has to do with it and how much it doesn't. I heard that, um, you know, like the Cloverfield movies where <laughs> where it's like in the universe, but not really. I, I believe I heard it's kind of like that with Third Birthday. Yeah. Yeah, it's got kind of a screwy premise. I haven't played it myself yet either, but like I'm going to track me down a copy probably after I finish this game. <laughs> I see it every once in a while. I think about picking it up, but I never do it. I'm going to try it. I think I have it, but uh, I don't I don't know because I put it in the box because I'm moving soon. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, I, I beat... I beat Blasphemous on PS4 like a weekend ago or something, and I kind of gave a shout out to it on our Facebook group. Um, that's a cool game. Yeah, man, you fucking, you just fucking straight up play a lot of games. I I do. I don't know. That's what I say. Like I, most of my free time spent playing games, actually, m- less watching things. Ironically, I spent more time hooking up game consoles than playing games this week. <laughs> Um, me on the other hand, uh, I've been doing a lot of watching more than gaming. Uh, I saw for the first time Taxi Driver. Never saw it before. So, oh snap! Uh, I enjoyed it. One thing I want to say, and this is a spoiler, and I don't care if it's a spoiler. It's been out fucking forever. Uh, the ending. You think it was a dream sequence, or did he really get praised for shooting up all those pimps and shit? I wish I made a dollar every time I had this conversation. Because <laughs> I've had it a bunch. No, I, I think it's fake. Thanks. I think it's imagination. Yeah, because I was like, this, but, this is too of a too good to be true like of a happy scene. That's or, like perfect. And it doesn't that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Zach, I thought the directors say? I thought the directors or the writers said that actually happens. What I've been reading is they I could have sworn I read that somewhere. <laughs> What I read, I know what you're talking about because I looked it up and I was like, they were, they alluded to the fact that it could be real and it could not. And I was like, fuck, they always do this where it's just like, we have to think if it's real or not. It's like, I, like I said before, it's too good. It's too perfect of an ending. I mean, maybe it could happen, but then like, wouldn't the Jodie Foster uh, character be like, this guy's a fucking nut. Like he was, you know, he just came out of nowhere and tried to, you know, take me from a place that I didn't want to leave because she didn't want to leave. 
anyway, uh, there is a new Crisis uh, Infinite Earth kind of thing happening in DC, and I started The Flash. So I know I should. Oh, I know I should. The comic or the show? The show. Okay. Yeah. Shows, yeah. Uh, is the Flash part of the, like Arrowverse, CW TV universe or what? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, uh, I should have started with the Arrow because there were some scenes that uh, are kind of like prequels to the Flash, but I kind of fucking figure what's going on anyway because they recap like a thousand times. Hmm. Uh, um, I want to see the Flash. I want to see Arrow, and I want to see Supergirl. Even though like Supergirl is like the least favorite out of the out of them all. So, um, then I watched some Netflix movies. Uh, Fractured was pretty good. It's about a father who. Uh, goes to the hospital with his wife and daughter. The daughter's injured, and then somehow the hospital uh, doesn't know where his daughter and wife is, and he's like going crazy, saying, "Where is my daughter and wife?" And it's just like a action thriller kind of thing. Does it turn out he never had a daughter and wife? Um, kinda. I won't. <laughs> what the fuck? I, I don't know. Just the way you described it, it sounded like that was gonna be like a twist. Oh, but he's crazy. It's like Shutter Island. You, you, you're kind of close, but there's, like, more to it. Uh, I recommend it. It's good. I thought it went a little too long. I think it's, like, an hour and, like, 45 minutes when it should have been, like, an hour and 30. Uh, but uh, it's it's good. It has Sam Worthington into it. He's the guy from uh, Terminator Salvation. The, uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, he's good. Uh, and then the other movie in Netflix is In the Shadows of the Moon. Where uh, in 1988, there was like a killing where people were getting stabbed with this device and they would drain out all their blood and their brains would explode and people were like, what the fuck is going on? There's a serial killer on the loose and this detective goes crazy because every nine years the killer comes back and there's so much twists and turns in this where the end twist was fucking stupid. So I do not recommend this movie. <laughs> That's that's like the same gimmick that the bad guys in Night Trap have. Mm -hmm. You know the shitty full metal or full metal full motion video, Sega CD, Neo whatever game. Mm -hmm. They have like those weird hooks and like drills in the guy's neck and drains out their blood. I was gonna say don't don't slander the Neo Geo like that. You almost did. No, not the Neo Geo. The <laughs> Nemo or whatever. Uh, it was it's an unreleased console. I watched. Uh, I guess this could have gone under what I watched. I watched the the documentary about it from uh, My Life in Gaming. Okay. Yeah, I just didn't like the ending. I thought it's kind of predictable once you find out what's going on, and just like you're like, oh, this is happening, and they kind of throw a little politics in there, which is kind of like, oh, I see where this is going. I get it. And it wasn't the politics where I was like, this is stupid. That's just like an added uh, uh, feature where I was just like, mm, okay, I get what you're trying to do here, but the, the twist was still stupid. So no one recommends anything this week? No. I mean, maybe The Flash. I like The Flash so far. Okay, fair enough. Oh, wait, you saw Taxi Driver. You don't recommend Taxi Driver, then you're looking for a new co-host, buddy. <laughs> I like Taxi Driver. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I... 
I don't, I don't even have to say to recommend that film. Everybody should see it anyway. Do you like it better than Baby's First Taxi Driver? I mean, Joker. Uh, <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> I stole that joke. I stole it. It's mine now. I stole it from the internet. I actually like Taxi Driver over Joker, but that that's apples and oranges. I think. I think. Oh. Have you ever seen? Uh, this is this is neither here nor there, and I've already said it on the show. But have you ever seen uh, King of Comedy? I've heard about it. It's because I talked about it on the show, but it's 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 really funny, and it also has some some visual similarities to Joker in a in a weird, interesting way. But anyway, let's let's move on. Well, let's let's get in the movie of the week. So Andy chose Night of the Comet, and criminally underlooked. <laughs> zombie apocalypse teenager movie what is this what is this movie i don't even know but i was more focused on like what the teenagers were doing compared to the like this semi-secret organization that that it could be vampires i don't fucking know um, yeah their uh their emblem is like a maze that's stupid i hate that <laughs> i hate it so much <laughs> it's a post-apocalypse youth movie yes I just want to say I love the fucking 80s, and I wish I grew up in the 80s. I don't know. Did you not? I mean, I was alive for two, <laughs> for two years, but I wouldn't say grew oh, up. But you wish that you were like in your adolescence, in your teenage years. Yeah. Uh, yeah then we'd be older. We would. And we'd probably have yeah. careers and probably not do podcasting. I don't know can't tell the future or alternate timelines maybe i'll be able to afford a home i don't know <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah what are you gonna say zach i was just gonna say like yeah like when this movie just opened up and stuff it just uh something about 80s movies like set in like what was then modern day, you know how the intros to eighty movies always go. It plays some kind of real catchy fucking music. Mm-hmm. Shows a street shot. You see all the this, this stuff out in the street, like around town stuff, and just gets you real into it. And it's just like something about eighties movies in settings like that. Always just like, all right, I'm ready to watch this. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love I love the music. I love like the. I don't know how to describe the way that the the. I mean, obviously, it's shot on film, but there's like I don't know a, a feel to this movie. I love that the the whole movie, the sky is red. That really adds a lot to the movie. And uh, but the very first thing that happens in the movie is that weird narration about the comet. I forgot about that from the first time I'd seen this movie. It's really weird. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then it shows her playing Tempest, which is an arcade game I fucking love. So immediately, I'm like on board. Yeah. I love Tempest. She's also a bad worker. Uh, because oh yeah she sucks <laughs> because the man- i mean that was that was teenagers in the 80s they they took just jobs to just get some money and they were like ah fuck this sucks let's let's want to play video games and, and fucking ride my bike yeah, fair enough. i mean we don't see it too much she's just trying to trying to play some tempest and this this guy wants her to go get milk duds thrown at her <laughs> yeah then she takes the popcorn and goes to the projector uh area and stays there for the night and you know does bumping the nasties with his name is dupree right larry dupree and our main character is regina belmont <laughs> oh, their last name is belmont that's so cool <laughs> yeah. 
I just love the fucking <laughs> the mom and shit where she's just like, I'm gonna go have sex with this guy, and she's Dora. like, yeah, she fucking knocks Samantha in the face, like in the face. Yeah, she punches her. She's a shitty person. Yeah. Their their stepmother sucks. <laughs> who who is she gonna be with? The uh, Carl or whatever his fucking name is. Whoever lived across the street. Yeah. Chuck. Chuck. And, uh, he was just some guy. Yeah, some guy who was just like a neighbor or something. You were born with an asshole. You don't need Chuck. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> yeah, so what did the narration say? Like, do you, you want to give a synopsis what the narration was saying, Andy? The comet has a huge elliptical orbit so wide that it only comes by the Earth once every uh, 65 million years, the last time it came by, all the dinosaurs died. And that's like a foreshadow to what's going to fucking happen. And, and then it comes, like everyone's excited because they're going to get to see this comet. And it's like, what, 12 days till Christmas or something? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of movies that are set like right before Christmas. I like it. It's neat. Yeah, they had like a viewing party and everything. And like most of the people cared about it but like other people just like just fucking watch it on tv like i believe dupree said that he's like you you have a tv right <laughs> and what, what was he doing by the way was he getting like an illegal he laid, man well no 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 he he bought he bought he was letting somebody borrow a movie from the theater i think like the right. reel or something yeah they had like a bunch of of film and he was he loaned it to some some audio or not audiophile. What's the movie version of that? Film Cinema, Cinemaphile. Cinemaphile. Yeah, that's right. Loan it to some cinemaphile and he's making $115. Is that what it was? He like haggled him up. Now you're talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I thought the cast was pretty, like, well rounded. They had their cheesy moments. I mean, the script ain't fucking like Taxi Driver or something. But like oh, this movie's cheesy. It's, it's, it, it's not cinema. Just say it. Just say what you mean, Dubs. It's not cinema, okay? <laughs> but like I was actually the dialogue was genuine. I want to say it wasn't like forced or anything. Where it's just like, all right, I get it. I thought Regina and uh, Sam did pretty well together. Hector, on the other hand, I, he seemed out of place for me, and I'm not being like. I guess if you want to make me a racist or anything, it's not because he's Spanish. I kind of like the uh, actor because he's in uh, Star Trek Voyager. That's why. Was oh, he Spanish? I thought he was Latino or whatever. He's Mexican, isn't he? Was oh, it? you said Spanish. That's not the same thing. Oh God, I'm I'm racist then. Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah, just let let Spanish people hear you say that. They'll get <laughs> mad. Yeah, but <laughs> he yeah he seemed a little bit stilted mm-hmm. uh, compared to the others. Like, Regina and Sam uh, seemed calm. Hector, on the other hand, like, his, like, anger <laughs> was, like, up and down until pretty much the end where he uh, started doing this, like, cowboy thing <laughs> in front of the... He's uh... gone through an identity crisis. He showed back up as Santa first. <laughs> Like and I was like, "What the fuck is he?" Oh, he actually had presents. So I was like, "Oh, yeah, okay, he had presents. Gonna... He was trying to be like real sweet and surprise her and whatever." Like, I yeah. Get that. And then the the other thing is just I don't know. He's fucking around. It's funny. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's weird eighties movie shit. It's kind of stuff happens. Yeah. Would, would you? <laughs> do they classify as zombies or are they classify just as like 
monsters that were just... I think someone says zombie during the movie, don't they? A couple people say zombie. Yeah, like, they call them zombies, so I'm calling them zombies. Like, they can obviously still talk. I think they're more like uh, Return of the Living Dead-style zombies, where, like, they they know what they want, and they have a certain level of intelligence to get it. Mm -hmm. Yes. They, they want those sweet, sweet bodily fluids. And uh, the secret organization, um, the one female. Now, let me see if I'm getting this correctly. She acted like a bitch for a good reason, correct? Because she knew. Yeah. She knew. They, I, I honestly think they do a really good job because the whole movie, you're like, oh, she's a bad guy. She doesn't want to save him. She's a bitch. She just wants to save herself. And then at the end of the movie, you realize. Oh, she's the only one who's not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was actually got genuinely swerved by uh, that. Pretty much everything that she did. Yeah, I was like, oh. And by the way, uh, she killed herself, whatever Nilo that was, correct? Yeah. Okay, now let's rewind that. Before she did that, before she, like, you know, pointed the gun at Santa, a.k.a. Hector, um... She put the needle in Sam. Did she, did it not affect Sam? I didn't get. Sodium pentothal. He says that. Oh, I, I I missed that part then because I was like, yeah, when he when he's opening up the uh, the trunk, he's like, oh, some lady shot her full of sodium pentothal, so someone so they'd think she was dead. That that's him telling the viewer, oh, she's not dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you guys think of the uh, clothing store? Uh, bandits, whatever that, those people were. They're called the Stock Boys. <laughs> I like, just realized that works on three levels. That's what they referred to themselves as. Yes, but Stock Boys, like, they work stock, but also they were stocking them? That's uh, it's clever. I just <laughs> got that. It's another, it's another quirky 80s movie gang, the Stock Boys. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of liked them. They were they were entertaining. I love that the line the leader guy does. It was like he's just terrorized them, and they they got him. And Regina's like, "You're crazy." He's like, "I'm not crazy. I just don't give a fuck." <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that just got me. I also like his over the top scene chewing like accent, where he's like a DJ or something. Uh, yeah, hilarious. <laughs> that dude was good. Especially the this movie has a ton of really good lines in it too. It does. Yeah, I, I also like the part where he, like, I told you not to get one of my men as a hostage or something along that line. And he and he's like, no, you don't get it. He just fucking shoots his fucking guy. I was like, what the hell is going on here? But, uh, oh, man, that's one of my favorite scenes uh, with the stock boys and everything. Like, they're like, oh, you, you need to owe us somehow. Uh, because we own the store because everybody else died, obviously. I also really like how really, really super stupid it is, and how I should hate it, but I actually love it. When uh, when when uh, Regina's hiding, and it shows a bunch of shots of the store, and they're like looking for her, and then when they finally see her, she's like posing like a mannequin, and then goes to shoot them, and they're just like, like whoa! whoa, and they like chop down to cover. Oh my god, it was stupid, but it's hilarious. I was expecting that to happen. They they oh, kind yeah, of like yeah. set it up. But I was like, yeah, it's funny. It got me. There was one mannequin. I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find any proof. But I think there's there's a shot of a mannequin at that point that isn't a mannequin. I think it's an actress. I think it's to trick you. But I'm, I might just be crazy. But I could have sworn one of the mannequins was randomly an actual person just to fuck with your with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, though. Um, director. Is he known by anything else, or did he just do all these... 
Oh, he did Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. He did a couple of somewhat notable movies. He did that one that, that I kind of want to see where it's like it's about Sherlock Holmes, but he's actually a buffoon. And it's actually like Watson that's the genius. Oh, Without a Clue? Yeah, Without a Clue. I've never seen that movie, but it sounded kind of interesting when I read it. Apparently, it's what he's most known for. Never hmm. seen it. I've never even heard of it until just now. That came out in 1988. Seemed like he had a decent little run of some 80s movies. He he did a movie that Keanu Reeves was in, I think, before Bill and Ted. Hmm. Uh, which is interesting. And... um. Uh, he did another movie that had Kurt Russell in it. Uh, he directed Captain Ron, yeah. Yeah, Captain Ron, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, this guy's done some things. He just kind of, like, fell down the memory hole, as they say. Yeah. Yep. Seems like. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, um... You want to mention his name? <laughs> it's like fucking talking about people and not mentioning their name or anything. Tom Eberhardt. Yeah. I think. There's a couple couple extra continents in there, but I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think uh, what else to say about this fucking movie. Because everything was... I was interested throughout the whole movie. I wasn't bored or anything. I, was, I wasn't I was going, man, is this movie ending in any way? Uh, I thought it's, it flowed it's pretty a little, well. It, yeah, it did. I was just going to say, sometimes I think it's a little harder to like talk about a movie if it's just good, mm-hmm. usually. Yeah, it's, like you, you, yeah. you can. It's just it's more it's more praise, and when it gets to a point where it's like, well, I can only praise something so much. But I uh, I really like the soundtrack. I love the original music they made for the movie to death. Yeah, and a lot of the like shitty '80s pop in it is like perfect. Like it's not stuff I'm gonna like play driving around town in my car. I am. It works for the movie so well. I think <laughs> that was a cover of Cindy Lauper, by the way. I don't think that was the actual. So, no, yeah, yeah that's a cover. you're right. That was a cover. It was a pretty good cover, though. It sounded almost like if you had, if you weren't paying attention, you would might think, "Is this? Oh, it's Cindy Lauper." Mm-hmm. It's pretty, uh, but um, pretty. It, I'll go ahead. It, it was dead on, but I was gonna move on to a subject. Regina and Sam's dad were they implying that he was like across seas or Ecuador or something like that? Where he's... No, they say he's he's a Green Beret. He's in... Is it Ecuador? I think they say they say it at some point in the movie. But they, you see the picture of him at their home and he's like in his uh, dress greens and they say at some point when he, when he got back from Vietnam, their mother split um, and obviously he taught them how to shoot and how to defend themselves and they uh, basically grew up on this military base. They know where the weapons are held. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the movie was pretty heavy-handed with like uh, their dad's a Green Beret. That's how they know how to shoot, or you know, stuff like that. Because otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Why? Where do they get these guns? Why do they know how to do do you know ju- judo? I don't know. Uh, you guys are good with guns, um, or know about guns. What were they shooting with? Were those Mac 11s or were they? Cause... She even names it. She says Mac 10 was basically made for housewives. Yeah, that, that was pretty much a Mac 10. Okay, because so, that, that was legit. Because <laughs> there was a part where Sam was like, man, I wish we had an Uzi or something like that. that uh, that's like one of the best lines in the movie, I think, because the Mac 10 keeps jamming and she goes, daddy would have got us Uzis. I guess that line was actually improvised, I read. Like she made that up because the gun was jamming or something. Yeah, she she made that line up to justify the stupid gun jamming. <laughs> Man. It's pretty clever. 
Where did they film this, by the way? Uh, I guess in L.A. I think that's uh, part of downtown L.A. somewhere. I mean, yeah, some of the shots are very distinctly like exterior L.A. or whatever. Yeah, well, I was reading a little bit, or no, I, I didn't read. I watched a little featurette thing where it had some of the actresses talking about uh, the movie, mm-hmm. like way after the fact. They said, yeah, they were, they were actually downtown L.A. on like uh, Christmas Day. And that's how they were able to get so many shots where it just looked deserted. Oh, where there's no traffic. Ah, oh, that's funny. I, I was wondering that. It's like, did they clear out several city blocks to shoot these scenes, or is this a back lot? Nope, they just did a cheapo happenstance, hey, it's holiday season. Good old-fashioned, <laughs> gone in 60 seconds style. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did like the detail in that, where they were on the roof, and they were, like, talking, and you could hear, like, an echo, because... The city obviously has vanished with you know from the comet and stuff, so that detail was pretty cool. Um, I'm looking at interesting box office numbers here. Uh, their budget was estimated around 700 grand, uh, and I guess this was in the movies because it says opening weekend USA they made like three million five hundred eighty, uh, five hundred yeah, and it, I think it grossed like fourteen million. Mm-hmm. So, so it was a success. <laughs> why? Why don't people talk about this movie more? I'm, I'm genuinely confused. Well, it's, it's like the director; he got memory hold. I guess the only reason I knew about this movie is I watch a YouTube series called How to Drink, where a guy makes a bunch of like cocktails and stuff. And there's a Resident Evil episode, and he says, oh, my three favorite zombie movies, uh, it's, uh, it's like Night of the Living Dead, something, and um, it's kind of cheating, but Night of the Comet. And the two movies he said, I love to death, and then they said Night of the Comet. I said, what the fuck is that? So I looked it up and thought, oh, I guess I'm, I'll watch it. It's free. And then I fell in love with it, of course. The, the genre in IMDb, they have it as comedy, horror, and sci-fi, which I, sure. they, all, checks- they check off all of them, so... <laughs> Yeah, I guess that makes sense. This movie, uh, uh, oh, I was going to say, um, I don't know if it ever got much exposure beyond the theater. A friend of mine says he saw it on TV when he was a kid, so I got to take his word at that. But it also has a release from Arrow in the UK and a release from um, Vinegar Syndrome here in the United States. But sometimes it's branded as an Arrow release, so I'm confused. I don't know who actually did it. I mean, I could see this on TV because there ain't a lot of nudity. Like, all I remember was Sam getting undressed and maybe you saw her nipple through her bra. Yeah, you, you could totally cut that scene out, though, because it's just like a double fake-out dream thing. There was a double dream. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of surprised that they got that complicated with it. But I hate the fact that that scene where she's driving and the police pull her over and they're actually zombies is a dream. I wish that was part of the actual narrative because I really like that scene. I thought it was. It was. It was kind of funny because usually, like nowadays, you can like if you see movies where they try to do that, ooh, it was those quick dream sequence thing. Yeah. You can always tell when it is or what's going to happen, and I couldn't tell both yeah. times. I couldn't tell. <laughs> so it actually got me. Mm-hmm. This swerved me again. <laughs> you got swerved. Um, since we're like praising a lot of it, and um, were there anything? That you're just like, man, I could have lived without this scene or um, hated something minor because we've been praising this film for so uh, so far during the podcast. 
You gotta think about that for a sec. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Um, um, no, I don't know. <laughs> not, not really. I guess. No, yeah. I mean, as far as a, a stupid sci-fi horror comedy from the '80s about two sisters in the post-apocalypse goes, I, I don't know where there's room for improvement. Really. Yeah. Um, it's pretty silly. I'll say that. And oh, it's incredibly silly. This movie's silly as all hell. It's silly, but it's fucking good. That's the thing I like about it. It's just like I had a good time watching this. And not saying uh, last week with video drum, I was more uh, like, what is going on? And what did this mean? I was trying to find the meaning of the film and being like, what the fuck is uh, James Woods doing? <laughs> Most of the scenes. This one, I was like, I, I like the interaction between the the three uh, teenagers and oh, I'll, that's one thing I say. I hated the the organization that wanted to like take the children's bloods and stuff. I could, the I could. Sets underground are pretty lame. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I guess. But if then again, if it was a scientific utilitarian bullshit, I mean, it would look lame. That's probably true. Most likely. <laughs> Everything's all gray and shitty and uninspired. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. I, I you gotta have bad guys, and to me, they made good bad guys because they were weird, detached assholes. Yeah, for sure. They just wanted to rain on the parade of man. What are these? What are these girls gonna get into next? And were they needing the kids' blood to kind of like stay normal? Was that the? They thing? had a. They had a theory that they could develop some kind of serum cure or something that would reverse their fucking process or something. They had a dumb shitty plan. Yeah, basically. They were desperate and they were they were going crazy. Mm-hmm. And except that one person that was acting like a bitch but actually wanting to, you know, save the kids and stuff. <laughs> I just love that they had like two little kids there just sitting there. And that they were just saved at the end. Yeah. Well, then they were adopted, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that that's weird. They're like getting photographs, and she's acting like a like a happy mother. Oh, it's just weird. This part that part's weird. Yeah. Um. And then like Sam was like, "What are you doing?" And she's like waiting for the light. And and I kept on thinking, I was like, I guess they're trying to like get normal again, but. I, you know what? Now that you bring that scene up, I could have that scene almost got to the point where it was like, you know, they could have cut that out and it would have been okay. I uh, I thought that originally, but I've seen it twice, and I had I did have something to say about the final scene. I think the movie is um, cleverly bookended by like, oh, society, everything's going to be okay because at the beginning everything's fine, and she's playing Tempest and working her job and. And and screwing this guy, and all we gotta worry about is is um, cheerleader practice and and all this other stuff. We have real problems, and then all that bullshit happens at the end of the world. And at the end of the movie, a bunch of the same elements turn back up, like uh, like DMK, the guy who like beat her high score. It's implied that the guy in the car is him, and it's like they're trying to get back to society, and everyone's dressed reasonably again, and he's thrown away the guns, like they're no longer armed or anything like that. It's it's like bookending to be like, oh, but everything was okay or something like that. But yeah, I was gonna say as soon as DMK rolled up and 
all that happened, and that kind of was like, oh, okay, I see. And that, that, kind of, that kind of saved it for me. <laughs> that's really cool, and I like that. But uh, I've been trying to figure this out. Well, how the fuck does he have a vanity plate? It, he stole that car, right? He's like, oh, I got 23 of them. I thought he was just a rich kid. Like, he came from a rich family. That was just immediately what my brain thought, because he looked oh, like hey, that, you know. I was thinking it was more like, oh, I have 23 cars now. Everyone's gone, so I can just take whatever I want. Here, yeah. Here's a little nitpicking that I kind of dislike. When he, you know, said his name and everything, like, Regina, she did, like, this little nod to the camera, like, hey, that's DMK, the one who beat, who uh, got on my high score list where I wanted to be the only one on the high score like I wish, <laughs> I wish she said something more than rather be like, "All right, got to be home by 12. Be like, "Hey, you fucking, you know, beat one of my scores. What the fuck?" I know oh, I like it better this way because she doesn't realize it. I, 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 you know, I can say this, and you can believe me or not, but I remember feeling really clever when he says what his full name is because I thought it was weird that he said his full name and then I realized what the initials were. But then the movie force feeds it to you with his vanity plate, so that was a little bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Oh, another another tiny nitpick. Um, it's implied, like when she gets up the next morning after uh, the one guy gets killed, but she doesn't know it yet. She's frustrated because he's got that high score; it's number six, and she goes and plays the game and beats his score. But the way they, they the way they frame it is like she beat it, and then she gets to take the number six spot. That's not how high scores on arcade cabinets work. You got to You'd have to do it uh, six times and then bump him bump him all the way down. So she might she might have actually done that, but it's just they don't they don't they don't frame it like that. I mean, it looked to me like she she had the whole board covered, and she probably just sabotaged herself a little bit to erase him. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have to assume it was something like you know realistically, it's probably what it was. But it, she, you know, it's just weird. It's weird. <laughs> uh, I get. Are we done talking about the movie? Do we want to go into ranking? No, I'm not done talking about the movie. Okay, go. Because <laughs> we jumped around a lot, <laughs> but yeah, no, there's there's a lot. I mean, I most of what I want to say about this movie is just like praise the myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just little bits. I I really like that whole sequence when she comes out of the movie theater, and she's like exploring the city, and it's just fucking deserted. Like, that's pretty cool. It's unsettling, especially when she's up next to the car. She pulls up next to that yeah, old, old Mercedes. I love that shot. Yeah, I agree. It's, 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 like the Chris, it's playing the Christmas music, and you can yeah. hear it. Yeah, that was really fucking cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, like I thought Larry was going to be in this movie more. Like for some, he just seemed like a character that would be in this whole movie for some reason. Yeah, he does. Like he's got he's got like screen presence, and he seems like a character. And then he just gets his skull bashed in by a wrench, and it's like, oh fuck. Yeah, it was like, oh, okay, well, this whole is still in this movie, so whatever, I guess. I think that's what's creative about it, though, because it, it, it kind of makes it seem like it's going to be about her and him, you know, like like you know, zombie movies that would be something that would happen, and yeah. then he opens that door and it's like, bam, like immediately he's just dead. There's not yeah. like a fight or anything. It's just he drops dead, and it's kind of yeah. shocking. It was shocking. It was like, oh yeah, he, he's probably dead. I was like at least seventy percent sure. And then, he, <laughs> and then he was really dead. <laughs> I noticed this too in that um that scene where uh he gets dragged away when the the zombie guy hits him in the head with the wrench. 
He drags him through the door there, and when the door shuts, there's a poster for a movie called Red, Red Dust. Dust. Yeah, on I, the door. I got that on the second viewing, not the first. And then I was like, oh, I was like, oh, okay, because it, it showed that scene where it was like all the people had the dust left behind and everything yeah, from the the whatever the viewing party. The I love the radio station set. That whole fucking radio station was like yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, that's so weird. Like I've been to radio stations; they did not fucking look like that. It was very aesthetic. Uh, I was like, I, I fucking love this place. <laughs> when Sam was uh, messing around with the radio, like, kind of, this is another nitpicking, but when she was chewing into the microphone, I was like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that scene, though. She, like, pushes all the dials all the way up. I was waiting for her to be like, hey. And then, like, something <laughs> blow out or something. But they, they don't do that. Yeah. Um. That scene when Hector goes back to his mom's house, like he drives all the way to San Diego, goes over there. Yeah. And then like that there's like that zombie kid that chases him. <laughs> yeah. There's like this weird music that's playing the whole time. It's like really inappropriate. Was that from the record player or was that just the fucking movie? I couldn't tell. Oh, it's from the record player. And I wanted to point this out. I love that the soundtrack in this movie is always like part of the movie. It's like the the song is in the scene. And then there's like an exterior shot or you're outside of the car or something like that. And the music is distant because mm-hmm. every time there's there's music in this movie, it's because the characters are listening to it. It's not just randomly inserted just for fun. That's like, true, actually. Like, when they're doing the shopping montage, it's because they, they visually show here's the boom box. They put in the tape. Girls just want to have fun. And when the music stops, it's because he shoots it with a shotgun. Yeah. It's like the music is part of the movie. It's not just another layer that they added in post. When they shot and wrote the movie, they had to consciously be like, there's a song here. It gets played from here. She's listening to this. It's inside the the movie theater. When she opens the door, you can hear it for a second. Stuff like that. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty neat little thing there. Um I like that scene where Hector comes back and like Audrey White's there. That's the, the female scientist. She has a really cool line there too. She's like, "You are cute, Santa Claus." <laughs> For some reason, I just thought that was cool. That she <laughs> she has a bunch of good lines because there's that. There's, "Do you need one of these?" No, I have one. Oh, it seems to be the the Christmas gift this year. But one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is uh, she's talking to that that guy, the other the other guy from the evil organization. Oscar. And it's like, oh, did you expect me to go for my gun? He's like, oh, <laughs> no, no. And then bang, she shoots. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. I, I laughed both times. <laughs> uh, um, other than that, uh, that thing where oh, it looked like Sam died actually thought she was dead. Mm-hmm. Going back to swerves. Um, other than that, it's just little things I, I kind of like looked up about the movie and found out about how like apparently this movie kind of influenced the creation of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Did you notice that their dog's name was Buffy? I didn't know. I I must have just not caught it or something. Early in the movie, she like picks up a leash that's attached to a collar, like the dog used to be in the collar, and she's yeah. like, "Buffy, where is that dog?" And it's just like a throwaway thing. So yeah, I, you know, I thought that was funny. This is like, I, it, it, I could see how though. It's like a a kind of an action movie. It's female protagonist. One's pretty strong, and yeah, you know. And then other than that, I saw there's a remake plan for this movie, and a script was pro- has been produced already, and I was like, oh, my God, no. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's got um, turned in this year. Huh. 
So, I, I was noticing uh, on the IMDb page, it says the popularity is up 1,039. It's like way up. And I was like, well, there's there's a couple different reasons for that. Now I realize that what you just said is one of the reasons. But uh, it's October, so people are watching spooky movies. And we announced we were going to watch it. We have a huge uh, listener base, so they probably all watched it. I see. Hey, we mm. do. <laughs> huge. Um, huge. Kind of sidetrack. I, I didn't know Larry Dupree was fucking Michael Bowen. Uh, he was in Kill Bill as Buck and uh, Marcus Dargis and Jackie Brown, and he's also he was, he was Buck and Kill Bill. Yeah, I didn't fucking know that. Oh my god! <laughs> oh man, now I wish he was in this movie more. <laughs> oh man, this is uh, and going back to what you were saying, Zach. Like, or uh, my bad. Andy about the music thing and like the detail the camera shots are really well and just the small details of the the music and uh just how I said before with the echo going on because of Empty City I like what they did with that they didn't just make a fucking shitty movie and been like all right we're just gonna do it because you know it's a shitty movie and I have money and I just want to put it out there yeah the people who made this movie clearly wanted to make a good movie and I think simultaneously one of the best things about this movie is like the only major bad thing about it and that is that um this movie does what it sets out to do perfectly and the only thing it doesn't have going for it is it's not like a deep commentary on society or a character study about you know mental problems or anything it's not it's not uh it's not seven samurai or casablanca it doesn't have some deep meaning it's just a really good action movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's what the so. 80s were all about just fucking fun and shit i mean they, they had their politics <laughs> movies and all that stuff but a whole lot of this good yeah movie. the 80s was was like prime time for sci-fi horror and stuff like this comedy Big dumb action movies. Big dumb action movies. Just a lot of fun, engrossing movies. Yep, and uh, Hector, I will say again, was in Star Trek of Voyagers. Yeah, I think that's part of why no one talks about this movie is is like Zach was saying. It kind of, all the actors and the people who made it did a really good job, but they all just kind of fell into all the cracks. Um the I was trying to figure out like what the what, uh, Regina, what the main chick had been in, and it's like she was a voice in Red Dead Redemption Two, and there was something else I recognized. She's aged really well, by the way. Uh, she's just like in a bunch of TV shows, like one-off stuff. Mm-hmm. She still looks the same, just older. <laughs> I do like the uh, when when Regina was talking to this the secret organization guy, and he was like clearly annoyed. <laughs> with the answers he was getting. Oh yeah, have you ever had hepatitis? Have you had hepatitis? This is very important. I was almost pregnant once. That was one of the really good lines there. <laughs> like scariest three weeks of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then she says something about cancer, and she's like, "I'm a cancer or something like uh, like you know the star cancer. Con- you have cancer? No, I am a cancer because he says that she's like strong willed or something like that. She's like, oh, cancer." Mm-hmm. Cancers are strong-willed, I guess. <laughs> Good line. Good writing. Snappy dialogue. Yeah. Uh, man, I just... I highly recommend this film. 
Me too. I mean, I made that clear going into it. I kind of cheated because everyone else is choosing stuff they hadn't seen before. I chose this movie because I wanted to shine a light on it. I love this movie. I mean, that's valid too. What about you, Zach? I'm a fan. Of, I'm, I'm a fan of it. Yeah, I recommend it. I'm going to buy me a copy to own it. I just have to figure out if I want the Arrow one or the other one Andy said. I've never heard of that that group. They are, uh, it's it's not, I, I don't know enough about it. But I think either copy, you can't really go that wrong with. Okay. Or no, I said Vinegar Syndrome earlier. Uh, no, it's Shout. Shout uh, released in the United States. Shout. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm actually still looking at this film. Arthur Albert, who's the cinematographer of this film, is known for The Blacklist, which the show I'm watching, Breaking Bad, Happy Gilmore, and Better Call Saul. So, okay, so that guy went on to do stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's a, he's a good guy. He did a lot of TV series, too. You know, I see ER in there. You know, good shows, good shows. <laughs> um, Let's get into ranking. Uh, is, our, is our stick here? Um, I'm going to put Night of the Comet at number uno. And then I'm going to have video drum at number two. Zach, what about you? I put it. It's it's neither the comet is two for me. Video drum is still one. Okay. And Andy. I, I did what you did. Neither the comments number one. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I, I coming into it, I already knew I really loved this movie. And I'd seen video drum before, too. But, you know, it's, it's hard because they're both extremely good. And honestly, if like my mood would change even the slightest that that order could change very easily like mm-hmm. videodrome is obviously a much deeper movie no pun intended with the the, the, the billy the thing but, <laughs> but there's, there's a lot more going on like it, it, with repeated viewings i think videodrome would be a more rewarding experience but for like what they set out to do night of the comet just nailed it interesting and uh i think i chose night of the comet for number one is because i highly enjoyed it <laughs> Uh, again, like Videodrome, I respected it in a way, and I'm not like saying it's a bad movie because it's at number two for me. It just, I was finding more of the meaning and what it meant, what was happening in that movie, rather than being like, oh, I'm having a good time. Because <laughs> I, I guess I wasn't having a good time in Videodrome. I was like, what is going on? I'm frightened what I'm looking at right now. Video drum like grabs you and says, "Guess what, motherfucker? We're going for a journey." And then it like it's, drags you through the narrative, and you're like, "Oh my god, these it's, it's unsettling." These people, it's it's unsettling and weird. You're, you get a tone of that the whole time. Yep, it's like you know, drinking a lot of tequila and then just some dude giving you a swirly in the bathroom. That's what video drum reminds me of a little bit. That's what happens when I drink tequila. I give somebody else a swirly. <laughs> Jesus, asshole! You guys shouldn't shouldn't drink tequila together because we know what would happen. I, <laughs> I guess I would get a swirly. That sucks. Anyway, there would be violence. Uh, next movie we're gonna be watching is George Romero's The Crazies. Um, I didn't watch this film. Uh, what about you guys? Have you seen this film before? Nope. No. Never seen it. Never heard of it. So we are going to be going into this uh, blind, and I love that we're going in blind. I think it's a good idea. 
So remember to, and I believe George Romero's, uh, The Crazies is on Amazon Prime, and it's free streaming, so you can go in there and watch it, and then come, and then come back here, and then we could just talk about it. But uh, yeah, so until next time, well, no, no, we're not finishing yet. <laughs> Freak out. Oh, was, I, Another carve. <laughs> I think this beard's getting to me. Um, we'll get into some news that matters to us. Uh, something gaming news right now. Uh, have you guys been following the Blizzard fiasco? Yes. Vaguely. Vaguely. Um, I mean, like, I know about it, but I'm not super into it, so to speak. Uh, the synopsis of the, the fiasco is that they had, like, a Hearthstone tournament or something like that. And Hearthstone, 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 Heart, whatever the fucking card game that Blizzard owns. Uh, uh, one of the pro players decided to do like a political statement during their stream, and uh, Blizzard automatically said, "Hey, you're banned forever" or something like that, or was it a year? A year. I thought he was banned forever, and then they brought it down to a year, and then they're just like, and all the backlash was happening, so they went to six months. No, they banned him for a year, and then it became half a year, and they decided to reward him his prize money instead of instead of giving him dick. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's the one I'm kind of mad at. It's like this, you know, kid who you know trained all his life to play this card game and get like ten thousand dollars. And Blizzard's like, nah, bitch, we're, we're taking your money because, you know, we have business with China and you can't be doing this. Uh, my, well, what's it's not, well, it's not just that. I was going to say they actually have a policy that's clearly stated not to have any kind of political shit or anything on their streams. That That is something that was already set in place already. Yeah, but does it deserve to be a year and take your prize money? Well, I suppose not, but what what do you what do you do if you break the rules, I suppose? Like just I would say nothing. I would <laughs> No, 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 I'm not even saying nothing. Uh if it would have been 6 months and he get to keep his prize money, I think I would have been like, yeah, it's in the terms of service and all that stuff. But they clearly wanted to make an example out of him because they have deep business with China and you know, first of all, you know, taking the money and then a fucking year. And and, and I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, get a real job and all that stuff. But some of these people that stream and do, like, pro gaming, it's their life. It's kind of like... What, that is their job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's like mining and stuff. Are you, are you going to tell a miner, you g learn to code, motherfucker? Like, no. Yeah. So, no, yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying, oh, they should have taken his money anyway. That was the part I was like, well, you could have let the guy keep his money, goddamn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he earned that fair and square. But, uh, I don't know, the band thing was whatever, I guess, but I, I don't know, it's, it's really weird, and honestly, I kind of feel like they probably never really thought they'd get into a situation like that, or that they'd have to actually enact that. I, that, that's never happened. Policy, Blizzard's policy is, in fact, uh, like the the way it's stated is that no one can say anything that would bring. Uh, I can't remember the exact wording, but it's 
they no one is allowed to say anything that would bring uh, criticism or like this kind of attention to Activision Blizzard. That's what that's what it says, and that's what it did. So you could argue that what he did was wrong, but all the backlash that they got was from them immediately, you know, firing the the two people that were talking to him and fining him and taking his money away and stuff like that. Like they didn't give it a chance to see what would happen. And also it's just the whole meta of um, how China is, is dictating a lot of censorship and business in the mm-hmm. web. So yeah. that that's the whole conversation everyone's trying to have. This this story has you know like in gaming circles it's important because everyone's talking about um, what you can say on streams and stuff like that. But um, like a couple of congressmen have weighed in on it. It's made it into like mainstream news. Vice has done like fucking five articles on it, but they're Vice. What do you expect them to do? <laughs> uh, there's been a bunch of other articles from other places that have talked about it in uh, in depth and there, if if you. If you want depth to this, there's a lot more like Tencent, the largest um, technology conglomerate in the world is a Chinese um, Chinese held business. And they own a big part of Activision Blizzard. They own parts of a bunch of other game companies. And a lot of people point toward that. It's like, oh, Tencent like owns this huge stake. I think it's a full 5% in Activision Blizzard. It's either five or 10%. It's like something pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are like reading into that and reading into this other stuff in China and like the government in China is just super shitty right now. You know, everyone's heard, oh, they banned Pooh Bear because of a bunch of memes, which <laughs> is true. I mean, we can laugh about it, but they fucking banned Winnie the Pooh because some people on the internet said their president looked like Winnie the Pooh. That's pretty petty. <laughs> they they've done shit like that forever. Yeah, they, they, they've been like that forever. It's uh, it's accelerated a lot under like this new. They they have something about their government changed. I have to admit, I'm not as educated on that front of it, but it's something to do with the last, I think, three years. Mm-hmm. But I've been reading a lot about this. I am pretty interested in the the whole thing as it has been developing. Yeah, and I'm not saying like it, it should have been silent. Like like I said before, if it's obviously in the terms of service, and when you sign a contract saying I. Uh, I will not do any religion or, you know, uh, political stuff while I'm on this stage doing this tournament. I can understand a consequence in that. But I think was unacceptable is when they uh, fired the two commentators, uh, which were clearly which were clearly trying to hide behind a computer screen because they know he's doing something pretty risky. I, I think they knew what he was about to do, and mm-hmm. arguably they could have been like, oh, cut the feed or some crap, which is what happened, mm-hmm. but I, I, th- I think Blizzard took that to imply complacency on their part or something like that. I, yeah, I didn't know about the two other guys getting fired. That's like a whole other deal there, I don't know too. if they were fully fired or if they were just, like, suspended or something like that. There's something like yeah. It's... It's really weird. I feel really conflicted about this because it's kind of one of the things that aggravates me a lot about fucking pop culture hobby shit lately is how it seems like everybody wants to fucking bring politics into shit. And I kind of prefer, like, I kind of agree with the stance they were trying to hold, which is like, don't bring any, don't bring any politics here. It's just gaming. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. And then it happened. But by that same token, this is kind of something that's really fucked up that that guy is like protesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, he didn't say it for nothing. It's it's a big deal what's happening 
in Hong Kong. And I don't, yeah, by the same, in, in the same breath, I, I don't want to bring all that bullshit into uh, Big Trouble and Little Podcast. That's not our arena. No. But it is a big deal what's happening in Hong Kong. And mm-hmm. I think I think it's everyone's responsibility to know what's going on in the national stage, not just in that respect, but also, you know, stuff with Tencent or stuff with um, people uh, firing back at Blizzard or what's going on in China, you know, one of the largest economic powers on the planet. You, you should know a little bit about what's going on. So, you know, pull your head out of Hearthstone a little bit and look around, I guess. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things that, you know, uh, even Blizzard employees, they did like a protest. They walked out of the, their uh, buildings to, you know, protest what happened to the, the player and the announcers and what Blizzard was doing because they had like a, a, a motto or a slogan or something where every voice matters. <laughs> but, but yeah, not- we lead nationally or, or every voice matters and something else. There's like a third line. It was one of the Vice articles that I read, but they said like every day a bunch of them go outside and stand around the orc. That's his exact words. They have like 12 foot tall statue of an orc in their courtyard. They go out there just to like, hey, we need to do something about this. And I guess the president was supposed to make a video that would address it. Mm -hmm. But so far they haven't done anything. Like uh, the the brass at Blizzard has been super silent. Blizzard and Activision for that matter. The same thing. Are you familiar with Mark Kern? Uh, negative. Um, I don't know who that is. He was a designer on uh, World of Warcraft back in back in the day when it was like really really popular. Even though it is still popular, but back when it first came out, uh, he was working with Blizzard. Uh, he's doing a little uh, kind of a protesting part where they're taking the character May from Overwatch. And- oh yeah, I didn't know that was his idea. It was one of his ideas. Like he's he's telling people to do that in Hong Kong and post it everywhere. Um, Man, it blew up too. I'll tell you what. May's about to get banned. In yeah, China. Well, that's that's, <laughs> what that's what they're trying to do. They're they're trying to hurt Activision Blizzard by oh look, May is a symbol of Hong Kong resistance, and then China will say, well, Overwatch is fucking banned, and then Activision Blizzard is going to lose a ton of money when that happens. Well, yeah, think about it. China's really big. Like. Even with movies, like you don't hear about what it's doing internationally in Europe or what it's doing in U.S. USA. Every every time you hear about movies, like what is it doing in China? Is it is it making money in China at all? Yeah, that's really important. They're like one of the biggest. I, I a lot of what happens in Hollywood movies is directly um, influenced by China. Like uh, people joke about it, but it's absolutely true. They announced the next string of Marvel movies, and uh, one of them was like directly. It was like Iron Fist, Mandarin stuff, or whatever. That's because of China. That's why that movie exists, so that they can have a bunch of Chinese characters and Chinese superheroes, so they can make a crud load of Chinese money. Which I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It might still be a really good movie, but that's the reason that movie exists is because of the Chinese movie going market. Yeah, but imagine like, and. If it's for a good cause, I'm all about it, especially when you have organizations who care about more of the China money than people's lives, like the NBA and Blizzard. Um, uh, You know, you take you you take like a character for a Disney character. Let's say uh, the Lion King. Let's just say Simba was fucking used as a symbol of hope for Hong Kong and their freedom and stuff. And then all of a sudden, China reacts that there is no more Lion King in China. And then they keep on doing more characters. And they keep on banning everything. 
That's going to put a little... It, I won't say it, like it will crumble these corporations, but they're going to see the money start going away because they're not getting anything from China. People, the, the reason they're doing this thing with May and the reason a lot of this kind of stuff is happening with other companies, people are trying to force corporations to pick between uh, making money, which is what they almost always choose, and taking a stance for you know our way of life i hate to like paint it with these grandiose colors or whatever but it is kind of a, a democracy versus whatever they're doing with their weird fascism or communism over there kind of thing but he, i don't know how ignorant that sounds but i'm trying to paint in as broad and non-specific strokes as i can but here's the thing like it's I'm I'm well aware that businesses need to make money because that's how the world works. Money is, you know, the way of life. But the thing that really gets me with Blizzard is the the Hearthstone players. Did they do that in China or was that in America? Um, I don't recall. I think it was. It wasn't in the United States, but it was somewhere else. Can't remember. Okay. For example, I mean, you could bet it was being broadcast in China. I mean, it was being broadcast in Hong Kong, which mm -hmm. is part of China. You know. Yeah. Um, but there, grand. Away from gaming a little bit, uh, NBA did the same thing where one of the players, or I think owner, or whatever, yeah. uh, tweeted, you know, about you know freedom in Hong Kong. And because the NBA has games going on in China before the season, like they have this preseason thing going on, uh, the NBA pretty much disavowed what that one person tweeted. And it's really shitty because I, I guess I guess the only thing you could look at is the terms of services when you are employed – when you know that stupid thing that you sign every time you get employed where you just like you can't say shit on social media because you are now it's like you wearing the uniform on social media you can't be talking about this while you're with our company That's yeah it seems unfair of, of china at large to take advantage of the fact that i mean what someone says privately shouldn't reflect on a corporation but they know that these kind of non-disclosure or not non-disclosure um these uh Oh, there's a fancy word for it. They're not allowed to say bad stuff that will draw undue attention to their employer. And it's like kind of being exploited. And that's not to have a larger conversation, but that's kind of the way the culture is in the United States right now with like job lynch mobs and stuff like that. It's like mm -hmm. everything's all about your opinion. And if you you get get your get yourself fired, don't contact your employer. And oh, I don't like what he said on Twitter. It's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, LeBron James did a little thing or tweet or like a, a a news thing where he's like, hey, you shouldn't have been tweeting that. We were over there. And I'm like, dude, they're not going to fucking murder you. Like, shut. you're not a victim. People in Hong Kong, and I don't want to get into it, but people in Hong LeBron Kong... LeBron James isn't worried about getting killed. LeBron James is worried about how much money he's going to make. Exactly. And... <laughs> And people in Hong Kong are burning LeBron James jerseys, which I think is funny. But uh, I digress on that. Uh, it's really interesting because now companies are going to... I believe Epic Games kind of disavowed Blizzard, which I find hilarious, by the way. Because I saw a really funny meme about that, though. But it was like, uh, Epic says that they'd never do anything like this. And it's that shot from Wreck-It Ralph where uh, he's in the, the villain's... 
thing, and he says, "Oh, thanks, Satan." Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Epic Games, you know. It's like, oh man, fuck you, Epic. <laughs> and I believe their their uh, PC launcher is China. It like they're backed <laughs> by China somehow. I, I don't know. It's weird. They, uh, China's got a big stake in them too. China's got a stake in like look it up. Look look up what all Tencent has stakes in just in gaming, and you'll be like, oh my god, what the fuck's going on? It's kind of, it's kind of shocking. Mm-hmm. Other than, scary, really. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, w- what's funny is they canceled the Nintendo New York event for Overwatch. Overwatch, yeah. Yeah, so it's affecting... Probably because it. they... Yeah, they would have got lambasted, probably. Yeah, there would have been protesters there. You, you'd better believe it. There would have been a bunch of people there waving signs around. Nintendo was like, eh, pass. <laughs> we're not going to be part of this. And uh, BlizzCon has happened at the end of this month, and I believe in the start of November, so... They, uh, they, they, they said that you are not allowed to cosplay um, Winnie the Pooh at BlizzCon. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was a troll, but when I read that, I was like, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will you be able to cosplay May? I would hope so. Oh, ooh. Interesting. And apparently they're using, uh, was it red um- umbrellas, like a, a sign of hope or something like that? Again, with Hong Kong. Well, it's, it's the Hong Kong flag, right? It's like the white flower on a red background or something or am i crazy or no i'm thinking about taiwan what am i thinking about <laughs> they've got like a red and blue and white thing going and what's what's funny no, white on red no, yeah what's funny about this whole thing is the meme of taiwan number one is the meme is coming back and it's like china number four. Oh man i don't know if you ever seen that video before but it's hilarious um other than that, no other big gaming news is happening. This is kind of like the dead area. Uh, I mean, we could talk about PS5, but that's coming out next a holiday. holiday. I don't really think it's worth talking about yet. It's still kind of meh. Like, just real uh, stuff that's not fully formed. Mm-hmm. Like, they, there's like pictures or some shit or like sketches of a prototype, and it looks really weird. But it's a prototype. Oh, we could talk about this. Fuck, we're three weeks away from Death Stranding. Yeah. Fucking I don't know what else there is to say. I'm just kind of waiting for the game to come out. It's just coming. Uh, the other day, I saw Hideo Kojima tweeted. He's like, oh, it's 25 days. And that's that's kind of it. That's, that's all you can say. <laughs> I saw the cover for it, finally. The cover looks cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since I'm moving, I have to... Uh... And I'm making a joke, people. I have the I have to abort the 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 baby uh, edition. I have to get a regular edition. Why for? What? But why? Uh, cause I, I I'm getting an apartment. I need to save money, so two hundred dollars is like at a too expensive. Fair enough. Yeah, I'll probably get the metal case one because I like the metal case. It looks cool. And I want all I want the fucking all gold uh, accessories and shit because I don't know, I'm weird like that. I don't care about that stuff. I hate when collector's editions come with digital content. It's like, man, I don't, I don't care about this. Give me stuff. I want stuff. I want an art book. I want the soundtrack. <laughs> on, on that note, I mean, there is no movie news, I don't think. 
What's the next big movie coming out? I really want to see uh, Jojo Rabbit. I don't know if it's a big movie, but that's the next one I want to see. I mean, we still don't have a fucking actual Star Wars trailer. What do you guys think about that? Like, eh. I mean, I'm going to see it. What do I need a trailer for? True. You need a trailer so all these other dumbass websites can write a bunch of stupid-ass clickbaity articles to try to, like, analyze every goddamn second of a fucking trailer. <laughs> I'm sorry if that came out really aggressive, but I'm tired of that stupid-ass shit. It's done. This This is what the trailer might have actually revealed about Ray. Oh, did you know? These are two details you might have missed in the new trailer. The like, sash on Ray's belt references Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> stupid. Like, get the fuck out of here with this shit. Ray is Boba Fett's daughter. Oh, well. Maybe. Uh, I guess that's possible. <laughs> it would be so left field, like, what? I never thought about that, actually. You might be onto something there. Fuck, I hope not. <laughs> Because I'd be like, all of this for that shit? Feel like watching WWE, but I digress on that too. And I said digress. Too. Hey, hang on. You got some video game news we can talk about, man. Brother, have you seen the new the screenshots and all the shit coming out for 2K20? Oh. Oh my god. God, it looks like horrible shit. If anybody's going to oh. pick up that game, shame on you. Don't, I don't do it. Just, just I, skip I, this one. I sent Zach this, and I believe I put it in, in the uh, <laughs> chat with us, too, where they're talking about bullying and stuff, and like, in school. <laughs> Andy, you should watch that clip. It's fucking hilarious. And oh, the graphics look like PS2 graphics. It, when people say that shit, usually, like, it's, like, really stupid and, like, hyperbolic and blown out of proportion and everything. But in this case, it actually is kind of appropriate it's shocking how bad it looks mm -hmm. i i just give up dude like whatever 2k needs to stop making wrestling games period well i heard i heard the excuse here was is like th this year they finally dropped ukes which has been the developer ever since like smackdown on the playstation the mm. first one uh and that's a long time to keep making like one kind of game <laughs> but like like, uh, I, I heard this year was the year they finally dropped him, and then, like, for some stupid reason, it was, like, three-quarters of the staff that was supposed to work on this game was actually working on the NBA game. Oh, God. Most of the time. So, I guess it was, like, a fucking logistics thing, and it was a dumb decision. I don't know. That's where all the China money is. <laughs> yeah, Tencent. China's in the Yeah. NBA, China, video games, it's, it's all connected. But they... When they did Raw versus SmackDown series, like, those were fucking fun. They had, like, you know, cool shit to do, you know, with, with the campaign. And if you wanted to create, like, an E-Fed where you could, like, have, you could book your own matches, like, it was cool to do that. Is this footage from, from a game that's not even out? Yeah, that's... that's it's gonna be out in a few days. <laughs> yeah, that's 2K20, WWE. It, it really does look like it's from, like, Bully on the PS2 or the Wii or something. That's what everybody keeps saying, yeah. In the dialogue, it's like, oh my god. 
I mean, I, the hair, the hair's moving, but everything else looks awful. And like the hand is clipping through the book, and it's it's just the worst. Did you did you hear what they were saying? No, I I, I have my phone on silent. I'm not a monster. I'm trying to record a professional podcast. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Well, yeah. Listen to it after we're done, I guess. Right. <laughs> and and then I showed you the picture of Asuka where her hair is like floating. <laughs> <laughs> It's like her head, her model left her hair behind. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's like, it's embarrassing. Like, I kept hearing shit like, okay, they're really going to try on next year or some whatever. Like, I was hearing this before this happened, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, that's probably true. The, the next gen hardware, et cetera, they're probably going to try harder. We, we had this discussion way before all this shit happened. And boy, oh, we were right to make that decision. I feel like people have been saying that about wrestling games for several years, though. It's always like, oh, next year they're going to do a harder job, but they just keep being bad. Well, yeah. that's that's a little different in that case because, like, people have been bitching, like, they want Ukes out forever. They're gone now. They're actually gone. Yeah. So two things, will, two, two things will happen, or three, I suppose. One, it'll stay the same, and they won't do any actual work. And two, it'll get worse. Or three, it'll get better or different somehow. So things will either stay the same or they'll change. Yeah, for better or worse. Because I don't know, they've done they've done some interesting things with this one where they've done like kind of this hokey, goofy storyline stuff where it's like you can play as like a, a fucking. They did this weird thing with Bray Wyatt or whatever, and it's like they have all these done up versions of wrestlers like Braun Strowman's a Frankenstein monster and shit. <laughs> Yeah. Like that actually sounds kind of fun or cool. It's something different, at least for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, a wrestling game as a sim, whatever. I don't care. But a wrestling game is like a bonkers, crazy arcade style, fun beat 'em up. Oh man, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. I mean, get crazy with it. Give them all weird fucking Dragon Ball powers. Make the plot larger than life. Well, um, that's what SmackDown versus Raw was all about, where like the Undertaker was like haunting you and shit. <laughs> he needs to yeah. actually be an undead wizard. He needs to be a lich. That needs to be like canon in the game. There needs to be none of this like uh, clever um, K- or uh, breaking kayfabe or uh, social medias. No, I just want a bunch. I just want Dragon Ball. I guess that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to describe. I just want it to be like. Justice League Dragon Ball, but in the wrestling ring. Yeah, what the 2K series is trying to do now is like with, uh, with the NBA game where it's like, oh, you started from the bottom, now you're here kind of thing. Uh, same thing, like, last W... Uh, w 2K19, uh, you were an indie star that turned into a WWE wrestler, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. But again... SmackDown versus Raw had all that wacky shit, and the road to WrestleMania was fucking cool. This bullshit that they have on the 2K games, I could care less. I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at the tweet. Somebody had, like, screen capped the girl with the, the fucking notebook going through her face. The notebook's clipping through her head, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. God. It's embarrassing. But uh, I think we'll end it here because we did like an hour and a half about. So uh, if you want to catch all all our podcasts, uh, we have you know this one, Big Trouble Podcast, uh, getting some color with me and Zach, and by God, by God.
And then the uh, Resident Evil podcast, which we will be getting back on track with Resident Evil 5. Oh, God. Can't wait to do that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> but uh, if you want to catch all our episodes, make sure you go to novnetwork.podbean.com. We're also doing some live shit on there, too. Um, we're live right now. We had about five people in here uh, just being lurkers and everything. We're also on Twitch and um mixer so if you want to listen to us live we are in there but if you can't catch us live then go to nov network.podbean.com until next time everybody uh remember to watch crazies see you later thanks for listening bye